Welcome to Revivor's Day Podcast. Today we are wrapping up the month of May, remembering our wellness tribute to Mental Health Awareness Month. Remembering is a very human thing for us, but we struggle with it, and mental health is has no is no exception. Today we wrap up this month, and we have two guests. One has been here before. His name is Joel Concludes, but also now we have a new guest named Cameron. Thank you so much for joining us, and you know, continuing the discussion. You know, it's never easy to talk about this stuff. So I appreciate each one of you. Before I begin, um, I always have a disclaimer um, for those out in the United States. You know, the one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five is National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Um, I encourage all those listening around the world to find what available resources because resources are different for each individual. I say this all the time, Cam and Joel. People say it better than I do. There's always these notable quotes that we kind of, well, well Joel kind of <laughs> exited, but he'll be back. But there's always these these quotes that really stick to me. And um, this is from, um, his name is David Spangler. I'm going to just ask you, I'm going to read it to you, and then take a moment think about it. Um, some people think they're in a community, but they're only in proximity. Um, Joel's back. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Some people think they're in community, but they're only in proximity. True community requires commitment and openness. It is w- the willing. It is a willingness to extend yourself to encounter and know the other. What comes to mind when you hear this? I, I'll ask you, Cam, first, since I think there's some technical issues with Joel. Sure. Yeah. Um, no, I think it is a profound quote, and, and I think before answering that question, I just want to take a moment just to appreciate having this important conversation. You know, we, we talk about mental health a lot, at least on a surface level, but to really get in the weeds with it is, I think, something that we could improve on, um, which is actually tangents well. Sorry, into- Sorry guys. Like, for some reason, what's coming through for me is like... That's my stomach, too. <laughs> it's, is it better now? Or is it still... No? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'll you know at the same time I will continue. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, I, good, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and, and I think like that actually like segues nicely into this quote about community, where um, you know, in a community, we are at least on a surface level aware of some of the issues that we deal with, and issues can be anything from like political to social or religious, whatever it is. Um, and we're aware of that. However, like you mentioned, we're aware of proximity, but to actually be part of the community, it, it, it almost implies a more intimate understanding of each other. Um, you know, be able to be committed and open with each other and have important conversations is what creates, you know, a community. Um, it's one thing to be around people. It's another thing to be alone around other people. Um, yeah. And so to be, yeah, in a group of people where there is an openness and understanding, it, it hits different. Yeah. And, you know, you could be around a lot of people and still feel entirely by yourself. I remember right. Joel back. Can you hear us now? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm good now. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I was here <laughs> speaking of proximity. I was like, I felt so distant from you guys, you know, uh, and, uh, it, how, how ironic is it? We're talking about proximity and yet we're all in different places. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, what, what, what do you take from this quote, Joel? You know, Cam kind of shared his bit. But, mm-hmm. um... Yeah, so 
I mean, I think I think it's a very prudent quote that, um, um, you know, thinking thinking that you're actually part of a community, um, and you're really only in proximity, uh, might might seem a little bit, I don't know, uh, erudite for people to read that quote and think, oh, wow, what does that actually mean? Um, just to break it down, pretty simple, at least in, for, in, from what I see, is that um, sometimes people think think that they're close to others when actually they're very far away. Um, they're not, maybe they're only showing their self in a, in, in a one dimensional kind of setting, um, or they're only letting people see a part of them that uh, they would want the world to see. I know I've done that many times in, in my life that um, I'm not really my true self in a community um, where, you know, I have a certain projection of, of who I would want my community uh, or whatever community, whether it's work, or you know my my faith group, or even my own family, um, <clears throat> that I can keep myself I can keep myself distant from them and not really be um, as intimate or engaged as I could be, um, because you know I'm just afraid to let people in, right? Yeah, uh, and I yeah. think yeah, that's that's kind of what I see in that quote. Yeah, and I, I feel you know there's a difference between a house and a home. Right, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking about proximity, talking about community, talking about that's an environment, <laughs> you know. So if it's it, there's, you know, you go to a house, it's just a physical place. A home is people, the people that you connect with. So mm-hmm. I feel like when I hear this quote, it means many different things, just like both of you have said. Um, there's this one um, word. Uh, my wife has a book. It's untranslatable words, of course. She loves uh, languages. It's from. Welsh, it says harath. It says a homesickness of somewhere you cannot return to. The nostalgia and grief for the lost place of your past, places that places that were never were. Sometimes we look at our past and we're kind of stuck on this reality that's not really true, in a sense. And sometimes that can be the hindrance of us communicating or even providing ourselves space or boundaries within our community so um i think sometimes when we look at these kind of uh ideas of how we perceive our community sometimes it's, it could be a skewed view of how we saw ourselves or how we thought saw the past and mm-hmm. how we move forward um i want to ask you i know a lot of difficult things especially you know coming you know covid and then now everything that's going on why is it important people could say well there's so much other things that are important why is it important for us today to remember our mental health. I'll go with Joel first and then Cam after. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, I think all of us have some level of uh, uh, issue when it comes to you know mental health and resiliency, at least, and, and dealing with the stressors of life and just the vicissitudes of life. And, um, you know, some people, I, I think, uh, at a young age are uh, given some tools that others are not given, um, and 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 yet um, everything that has to do with our, our wellness, our, our overall mental health, it's like exercise. You know, when you your physical exercise, if you run every other day, um, you're going to reap the benefits from that. Well, the same thing with with the way you treat your brain, right? The way you treat your mind. The more you you exercise your um, your thinking, your ability, your thinking patterns. Uh, the kind of habits you create, um, the kind of environment you surround yourself with, um, you know, it's going to it's going to have an impact on your overall uh, mental health wellness. And um, some of it, some of us are just not good at creating um, 
uh, a pattern or creating habits that are healthy. And, it, you know, I think at least in, in my own life, if I haven't intentionally focused on the way I'm thinking, um, how I'm processing, you know, the stresses of life, um, what kind of people I have uh, in my life that I'm engaged with, um, if I haven't, you know, taken initiative to intentionally focus on, you know, keeping myself in the right frame of mind, um, then, you know, it's it's been more difficult to deal with um, with the stressors of life, right? Uh, they're going to come. It's going to happen. Uh, we're all going to face them. But you know, if, same thing with with your physical health. Like if you if you have to uh, use your physical strength. Let's say you're in a in a field that requires you to like a building industry or something. Well, if you're if you're lifting and framing and doing all kinds of things as a builder every single day, um, <clears throat> then then you're you're going to be set up for for success in your job, right? You're going to be able to, you know, hang with your crew or, or, or whatever, you know, you're going to be able to kind of, um, you know, do well at, at that job. Well, if you have a job that requires, you know, your brain more often, uh, like mine, you know, my, my job requires me to, to think quite extensively and to think deeply. And yet my brain isn't fit. My, my, my own mental health isn't, isn't fit. I'm not focusing on, on dealing with uh, uh, the regular stressors of my life, then I, I really don't have um, uh, the ability to, to help others in the way that um, I would like to help them because I'm just out of shape, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think I think intentionally focusing on our mental health, um, uh, at least in our field, at least in my field, is only going to benefit um, uh, my uh, the people that I'm that I'm in proximity with we, we in my community it's only going to benefit myself um it's going to benefit my family um but if but if i'm not a shape then you know my relationships are going to suffer my work is going to suffer um there's a lot of things that i think are are tied to to mental health and often we look at mental health uh, mental health and just the term as more of a stigma like you know this person has a problem or this you know but because because i have such uh experience with with people who are uh out of shape mentally i guess you would say um they didn't just get there overnight uh it was a process of neglect right mm -hmm. it it was it was years of not intentionally um exercising their brain in the right way um and so then you get to a crisis, right? Same thing with like diabetes. You know, if you had a poor diet for many, many years, well, eventually you're going to pay for that. And it's a lot better to be intentional about the the kind of habits you have now mm -hmm. than when you end up in a crisis and you're not fit to be able to handle it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I like how you, you know, a lot of times we think of you know physical <clears throat> fitness. You can kind of see. <laughs> I yeah, you can see it better there. But mental fitness or mental health in general, a lot of times we don't put much value in it. We don't invest. We're like, we simplify. We have the Al Bundy kind of attitude. <laughs> you know, not, no offense, I'll, you know, married with children. But the thing is, we don't go past it because it is hard work. You meant like a lot of these things come through, a lot of the insights come through pain. A lot of mm -hmm. it goes through a lot of insight and self discovery. And that is painful. It's not easy. A lot of times, when you're, I never grow from from 
connecting with others or it's something insightful by being around people who think just like me mm-hmm. <laughs> at all or not addressing certain things like why do i do this you know um biblically and then obviously this is you know i just kind of remind myself of paul i want to do one thing but i do the other thing a lot of times we don't ask the question why are we continuing to do to follow these tests but i do like the idea when we think about mental health we don't just think about it well um it, they want it, i want it to be better yesterday when you had this problem for years it's just like if you were struggling with weight problems or physical problems you give yourself the grace to get better but we don't give any time to our mental health and for me yeah. time is something we never have i'm sorry cam go ahead i want to hear from you why is it important for you that you think today that we talking and remembering about mental health yeah no i just i just want to echo the sentiment that Joel and, and yourself said i think I think it's spot on where, um, especially the part you mentioned, like we're, we're complex as humans in general, and we find that mental health is, it's, it's not something that operates in an island. It, it weaves into other like faucets of our life, just like our physical health. If we're not physically well, it's going to impact our mind and our spirits and how we operate in the community. And the, the same is exactly true with, you know, our own mental health. You know, if we're feeling a type of way, it's going to impact how we perform, you know, how we love other people, how we accept love, you know, our ability to chase our dreams or connect with the higher power. It's, you know, there's a, we're multifaceted and it, it gets, I think we do live in a community where it's easy to put our mental health in the backseat um, because we live in a world that, that in reality emphasizes other things, you know, making money or, you know, buying the next car or just putting that stuff to the side and just working harder. And, and I'm guilty of that. And I do this for mm-hmm. a living. So I can only imagine what other people mm-hmm. experience. So mm-hmm. it, there's a metaphor I like to use that, that I think is in, incredibly important when it comes to our mental health, but we've all flown before. Um, mm-hmm. But when you get your pre-flight briefing, you know, they're talking about safety. At some point, they're going to talk about the mask that dropped down. And they're always going to tell you before you put your mask on your loved one, you need to mm-hmm. put it on yourself first. Mm-hmm. And you know, on the surface, it, it, it's, it makes sense when you're flying, but when you actually think about the need to provide yourself with oxygen, not only for your own safety, but you're only as good as your own mental health. When you yeah. are in a good place, then you can do the things that matter. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, especially in our field where we are in the business and, you know, really it's within our values to care for other people. It's so easy to mask other people, but then we find over time that we slowly atrophy. And I think that's why it's important to be conscious of our mental mm-hmm. health, to slow down and reflect and ask ourselves, do I feel like I'm in tune with the things that I care about? Am I being the person I wanna be, you know, the sort of lover, father, business person? Am I doing the things that matter? Um, Cause it is easy to put that to the side. Um, and so it does get tricky where, like you mentioned as well, there's, there's stigma. And we definitely see it in our profession in the armed forces, mm-hmm. but even in the community in and of itself. Um, I like to believe that the way that we think and feel what we do with our hands and our feet and what we say is not an accident. I believe that it's the result of the genetics we come to this world with, Mm -hmm. the experiences that we went through, whether it's traumas or resources we did or did not get. Mm -hmm. And just everything that we're dealing with, you put that all into almost a pot, if you will, like a recipe, and it creates our mental health. And 
that's no one's fault if you're feeling a type of way. We're, we're not mm -hmm. surprised when the people who have all the resources in the world struggle with depression or mm -hmm. used to die by suicide because no one's immune to it. Yeah. Um, and so it really kind of weaves back to what you mentioned before, just the importance of community and really leaning into talking about these important things. Yeah, and you know, I, you know, we're talking about mental health and a lot of times you know we talk about in my my line of work is supportive resources and it's so individualized what is a coping skill for you it could be simply you like to fish or play guitar a lot of times i find that you the things you love when you're struggling with mental health tend to get dust on the, you, you see it in another corner the guitar has dust you don't do what you normally you don't have time and when you don't when you have time it's all this urgency you don't provide yourself you don't put value in yourself you don't invest in yourself you don't say i need to be i want to be better you know recovery is messy mental health is messy when we realize these things and accept them then we can actually have a real conversation when we're like oh i gotta do a b c and that order it's it, good luck it's not gonna work that way a lot of times it's yeah. the world keeps changing and i like what you said you, you know in the sense you know suicide is never easy to talk about you know in the beginning i always put a disclaimer but a lot of times when we think, talk about mental health we make it too complicated the, the individuals are cases are complicated but the reason why we care why do we remember the pain why do we remember loss why do we remember completed suicides for me it's the people the people we love you know mental health is messy sometimes we'll say all these things i read this this i care because of the people our community you know that's why mental health matters because of the people remembering our wellness feels like an action why is it important to remember and take action for our wellness i know we kind of spoke of that but any, um anything else you want to add either one i, I just i just want to ask i think i think we need to add that um often we're doing triage with mental health when we should be doing like the the last question kind of inferred and that is caring about it today before we're in a situation right before like no one no one should have to go to the er i mean yes there's there's accidents that happen without yeah. foresight right mm -hmm. but um if we are taking care of ourselves now mm -hmm. today if we're caring about it today then we're not going to have you know the need for like like if you have diabetes right you're not going to have um it's it's less likely that you'll have a, a kidney crisis or need dialysis if you're taking care of it now right yeah. at, at, at the at the point in which it's not a crisis yeah and and that is um why why we need to take action now um surrounding ourselves with the the right community the right resources now now we could put everything in place and still have a, a struggle mm. Mm. and and that isn't to be a stigma at all but uh clear clearly we're going to be set up much better for success um and lifelong happiness and uh, the ability to weather the storms of life um if we are focusing on the right things now you know putting keeping ourselves in the right space now yeah um cammy you have anything you want to add yeah absolutely yeah I 100% agree. And, you know, sometimes we can look at some of the things that we've experienced in life. Uh, you know, the reality is we do go through traumas that, that have an impact on how we see the world and how we see ourselves. And to, you know, to look through that lens, it can be really daunting. It can seem really hard to make effective change to improve your life or improve the life of people around you. Um, 
it gets really easy to kind of turn on a, a what if machine or I'll do this mm -hmm. tomorrow machine and, um, you know, come up with reasons. But and a lot of times we lose touch of how impactful even small choices can be and mm -hmm. just improve your life in general. Um, something as small as holding the door for someone and then saying thank you to you mm -hmm. can go a long way, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you let it or writing a list of things you can do or just signing up for a gym not necessarily committing to seven days a week, but just signing up, taking one small step mm -hmm. is a step in the right direction. And so taking action doesn't necessarily mean I have to face all my traumas. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really can just be choosing myself or other people um, with one small step. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think like with the, you know, I mentioned in the beginning community, I also, you know, when there's a safe place, at least from my experience, accountability is not a bad word <laughs> when yeah. i'm with people who actually i feel are on, like there for me accountability is just an opportunity to grow that's it yeah uh, and well, I, well rob rob i mean i think there's another another thing here is that you know having a safe space that you mentioned mm -hmm. um I, I know at least at least in our profession of arms everything is about risk assessment and ri risk aversion mm -hmm. and the safe space is hard to create because yeah. we have programs that are meant to mitigate risk not meant to focus on the person yeah um and so if somebody hears of a of something that is uh, challenging out of someone's mouth that you know maybe they have a pattern that seems like well this person could potentially be exhibiting some ideation right mm -hmm. well then then we stop everything and we we go into a risk assessment process instead of creating a safe space to be somebody's friend yeah or you know, to have to pull them closer into community so that they might actually know that somebody cares about them. Um, instead, we have an institutional model that is more um, about, well, this is going to impact the institution in a very negative way if we don't put this risk assessment process into action. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know, the idea, you know, like when sometimes when I even mention the word safe place, like <laughs> I'm like, there is none really if you really think about it. But at the same time, the modeling, it doesn't, what does it say? When you have a community, it's not just, you know, where you work. It's also where you go to the gym. It's the people, the church you go to. It's it's a lot of, it's diverse and it's, it's not just one thing. And I think in the beginning, like before, when I said mental health is messy, it's not going to be clean. I'm not going to be like, oh, I feel super safe. I'm going to say everything and do everything. No, it's this kind of growing process and it's going to be painful. There's no skipping the pain. There's no skipping. I'm going to make a shortcut. It, it is not easy. But if we have a community that doesn't, I remember the, I just watched the show. Uh, it's an old one with uh, Joe. I was remember uh, Sopranos right <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Tony well, Soprano. Since, since, since you're from uh, Jersey, that's yeah, your yeah, joke, man. Yeah, yeah. Tony Soprano. I remember the, he was Jackie just died. It was the, the guy up, uh, the guy, the top boss above him, and he was going to see a th therapist like you, and he was hiding to go there because he didn't want to be seen because that was <clears> showing that he has weakness. And it's funny that that was just. Uh, I was watching it. I was like, he 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 made it more obstacles just so he would save face and i think that in, in essence obviously the ideal of having that safe place looks different for everyone but i think really just being having the opportunity to say i'm not okay i need help 
that's it. It's not going to be ideal. It might be messy. May depending on your job or your field, you may not have the luxuries that others may have. But those luxuries may not be luxuries because you. It's about you moving forward and finding that way to grow, uh, whatever that looks like. Anyway, um, this destigmatizing mental health. How do you feel community can approach this topic? Either one. Yeah, it's I feel like this is a conversation point that comes up gosh, for years and years and years, especially in, in our profession. And it's what's interesting is that like the strategies we come up with to avoid like the discomfort, the, the stigma, I don't want to be seen a type of way is, is weak or what have you. It's interesting because our strategies are counterintuitive to what we actually want. We don't want to be seen a type of way by our community. We don't want to be seen as weak or human or what have you. But in reality, what we actually want is to be accepted by our community. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting where I don't think there's a person in this world who doesn't want to avoid discomfort, doesn't want to avoid being seen by their peers a type of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like that's something we all have in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's interesting where every one of us are dealing with the same thing but we're keeping it to ourselves. And so destigmatizing is, is literally being practiced in this conversation right now. It's, yeah. it's not fighting, it's not pushing it away. It's, it's making space for our humanity because the reality is we all feel this way. Sometimes we're more vulnerable than others where we really need it and that's where we tend to shy away the most. But we all get to a point where it's like, I, I just need a connection. And, and I don't think there's been a time in history going back to our earliest ancestors where we couldn't do something without our community. And so I, I think that's ingrained in us and it's wildly important. So leaning into it like you're doing right now in this conversation is the best way to go about doing it. Mm. How about you, Joel? Anything you want to add? Uh, I mean, I think he's I think he's spot on. Um, it, it is counterintuitive because, and, and I think our risk aversion is part of that too, not just um, we don't want to be seen a certain way. Of course, like up to the high, in, in the army, I mean, up into the highest echelons of leadership, um, I, I think more recently there has been an openness to using behavioral health resources. Um, and especially since, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan, um, I know of several senior leaders who will call a young soldier into their office and just say, Hey, I, I go to behavioral health and you shouldn't be afraid to do that. <clears throat> but, but yet there's, there's still people who, see it as a weakness and many people see it as a weakness in fact i mean something as simple as going to talk to the chaplain is seen it perceived as a weakness right and and so i i literally have to tell people in a formation many times that um if you're discouraging anyone from using one of our resources that are here um then you're essentially just exercising poor leadership um and so we need we need people at every level um of life uh not just in the army but in in civilian world as well um, to, to be an advocate for the resources that are available. And there's no other way to advocate for them is if, you know, than if you're using them yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, how about this? Like, so if we, if I break my leg and I have to go to the, to the emergency room, no one is going to stigmatize me. No one is going to say, you better not go to the <laughs> ER. You better not, you know, you better just leave that leg and let it fester and get infected and, you know, die from, from gangrene no, or sepsis. No one's going to say that to me. Mm. So why, why do we do that with mental health? 
Well, because it is unseen, right? And it does it does link to the the perception of of weakness. But at the same time, uh, if if we don't go, uh, then if we don't use a resource that's available, um, it is no different than not going to the doctor when when you need to go to the doctor. It's no different than you know letting that broken leg fester or that wound fester. Um, it is only it is only going to get worse with time. And so um, this conversation, as Cam said, you know, is part of destigmatizing. Um, however, I think uh, you can't just have um, people who are linked to the the mental health profession being the advocate for destigmatization. We we need people who are who are literally in every level and every walk of life um, to to change change their their approach and their way of communicating about um, mental health. You know uh, that kind of like segues ways to this one quote from. Um... Coretta Scott King, the greatness of a community is the most accurately measured by the compassionate action of its members. You know, it's, and I want to segue to the one of my last questions for both of you. Um, simple. What would you like people to remember regarding mental health today as we observe Mental Health Awareness Month? We're at, it, this episode, at least on, will be premiering at, at the end of this month. So, what would you like to? us to remember you know a lot of times we, our calendars are scattered with things of what we have to remember why should we remember mental health why is it important i know we've been talking about it but what would you like people to remember regarding it today uh cam you could go first sure yeah um you know not to just double click on everything we mentioned but mental health just it matters um it's the cpu and a computer you know yeah. it's it's what processes the information that we take in through our eyes, our ears, or what have you. It helps us make sense of it, and it helps us output, you know, that being our behavior, what we're going to do about that sensory that we take in, um, and whether that information that comes in is painful, causes anxiety, reminds you of traumas. All that information is important, um, and everything that we experience is wildly human, and that you're not alone. Um, I don't think anyone's immune to um, any sort of mental health malady. And the reality is because the world is challenging and getting more and more stressful, be it the chaos that's happening in the world or in our families and our communities, even within ourselves, it's, it's projected to get more challenging down the road. And it's just becoming more and more paramount to understand how our mental health impacts us and other people and really help us lean into you know, the things that have always helped us since the dawn of time. And that's been, you know, connecting with people who support us and will make space for our stuff. Um, yeah. Hey, yeah. Um, Joel. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd echo the same sentiment, uh, and just kind of nuance it with, um, stories matter because you know, that that's, that's really where, um, communication happens in a community. And so I think, um, People matter, of course. Um, it's real people with real problems. Uh, we all have these kind of life stressors. We're all we're all broken. We're all we're all in some ways, um, you know, in need of of connection. Um, and 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 as the first quote mentioned, proximity and community. That we actually need real community. Um, creating real community is is the biggest challenge, I think, with mental health. Um, there's a lot of attempts at doing it, but very few success stories. Um, one one of the 
I think one of the biggest challenges is as the world does get more complex, um, especially, especially with social media and COVID and things we've had to deal with, um, we have we have lost the ability to tell our stories. Mm-hmm. So we can hear a lot of stories and we can, you know, we experience them through distance, you know, through watching a YouTube video or, you know, hearing somebody's, um, you know, podcast like this or, or whatever. Um, but in in a different time, stories were very personal and they were linked to someone sitting around talking, right? Like whether it was by the campfire or, you know, in a living room, you know, people used to gather around a radio together, right? The, the ways in which people experience community were, were simpler. And, you know, recapturing some of that, I think could be helpful. Um, I think we have seen an increase in, in, um, in uh, uh, mental health resiliency issues, like people who are just not as resilient anymore. And I think some of it is very linked to not, not having the stories and experiences like the people of the past shared with their loved ones, with their families, with their communities, um, you know, uh, the kind of trips they took together. Um, imagine like what it was like to take a trip from the East Coast to the West Coast in the 1950s, right? That was like, that was like a, a week long process and families were stuck in a car together and had nothing to do but, you know, communicate with each other and, mm-hmm. and for good or for, for ill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think of kids fighting in the back seat. So some of that stuff actually creates a resiliency and a connection that is lifelong and a bond that is, that is lifelong, a camaraderie that, you know, we're lacking today. Um, so I think we need to challenge ourselves to to go back to some of that, to, mm-hmm. to recapture some of that real intimate community, um, and and so remembering remembering uh, mental health um, awareness month uh, is is part of that. I and mean, we can set aside a time and we could say, hey, we're going to focus on this. Uh, but it's like Christmas, right? Like mm-hmm. Christmas is this great time of year. Everyone starts celebrating Christmas, but remembering what the meaning of those things are all year is probably a little bit more important or like your anniversary you know you celebrate your anniversary once a year is that really enough i mean shouldn't shouldn't we focus more on each other uh more often why because people matter um relationships with them matter and if we don't create it for for if we don't create that safe space for others or a bond or a link with others then we're also going to be lacking in ourselves um, that's why I think it's important to, yeah. Yeah. Focus and, on um, you know, I've, you know, I worked in support groups. I used to do actually faith-based recovery groups at the drop-in center locally. And one thing I always learned was when people are start opening up, telling their stories on paper, it doesn't look like nothing changes, but they feel better and they do better. Why? Like it's like this invisible thing. There's something, um, you know, I don't know, something about the sharing of stories. And stories are one of the best modes of sharing experiences or sharing a lesson. You know, you, you don't, mm-hmm. you have just a bunch of bullet points of what you shouldn't do. It doesn't mean nothing if you don't have a story behind it. Why do I care? Um, and I think sometimes we don't ask ourselves why do we care, and why should we care? And it's mm-hmm. given us the time that we need to heal. Any final thoughts you want to share with those listening as we wrap up this one discussion? But I'm, I'm hoping there'll be continued discussions about this and much more. Yeah, uh, I just, you know, again, I appreciate the conversation. I think leaning into the hard topics like this is important. 
Um, I think that, you know, the discomfort we feel around mental health or talking about difficult things is, is actually a sign that this is important. Um, we all know that we can't grow within our comfort zones. And so leaning into things that don't necessarily feel good normally, you know, yield some nice results down the road. And so um, I just encourage people just to, yeah, lean into that stuff, have this conversation. And, you know, when you do, just remember that we're all human beings with, you know, interesting, traumatic, funny backgrounds. Um, and that's a good thing. That's what really makes our community a diverse and, and special place. Joel? Yeah, and, and just to, to add that, get yourself active in a community. If you're not involved in one, uh, there's plenty. There's plenty to join. There's plenty of groups to join. There's plenty um, uh, civic things to do. Um, serving others is a big is a big component of that. Um, when you serve others, you're actually helping yourself more than others, right? And um, Rob, you know that. I mean, your story is lengthy. You and I are linked uh, in, in our stories because of the time we, we served together. Um, and and that's, led, that's led into both of us going, you know, very different directions um, in our, our careers and our families. Um, and, and yet our time, what I mean, we're, we're coming up on like almost a decade now Mm-hmm. Of of being in in a friendship and and um, and you know of being part of your life you know and, and you being part of my life in such a significant way that even if we even if we don't talk every week you know mm-hmm. that we're able to to pick it back up right ever right right on uh, track like when we need each other for something right or if yeah. I need to confide in you or you need to talk to me about something um, like just the other day we were talking about uh, you know a particular thing going on in in your um, faith community, right? Mm-hmm. And and we're able to talk about that in a significant way because we we have a bond, right? Yeah. Um, and our bond came through service, through serving yeah. together. And if if we don't create that bond, um, then in the future, when when you need to call on it, it's not there. Yeah. And so that's like just my final thought is get get yourself involved in a significant, um, intimate. Um, community relationship where you're serving other people yeah i always said um uh, helping people be was my healing serving people was my recovery when i was mm-hmm. and uh, that was segueing to just you know helping people is something that you can learn like a lot about yourself but also it can provide you insight about yourself you know don't run away from your problems i know that's easy to say but also Give yourself time to breathe. This stuff takes time. It's messy, but there's help out there. So find it. You know, like we said before, if you are if you are feeling in the U.S. and you're feeling like you want to harm yourself, it's 1-800-273-8255. Wherever you are around the world, I encourage you to find what resources there are. You know, value is a lot of times nowadays not valued, but you are. Not because of what you have or what title you have, because who you are. And I really appreciate both of you joining in on this discussion today and for your service of course i'm i was a chair force air force (laughs) (laughs) but anyway um thank you again i just want to share with those watching remember to stay updated with all things revive ministries for various platforms revive ministries fl.com is our website this is goodbye from revive ministries leaving you with this last quote from oscar wilde says the smallest act of kindness is worth more than the grandest intention